Welcome back to Latchkey Lancers. I'm Justin. I'm the Game Master. Let's go around the virtual table and introduce ourselves. Blue Pigs, how about you start us off? Hey guys, it's Blue Pigs. I uh, play Script, otherwise known as Draxus, and I'm uh, eager to find out what will happen in this session as a lot of secrets are coming to be untold. Hello, I'm Stephanie. I play Delora has been through some shit, to say the least, and so I look forward to seeing how it will all unfold and unravel with her father. Um, Smalls, I'm playing Glasgow, aka Duncan, and uh, I'm excited to see how this new arm treats me, and even more excited to be somewhat whole again, even though I'm overcoming the bitterness of what felt like betrayal from a trusted leader. In the last episode, uh, the characters were coming to the terms with a harsh reality. They almost didn't survive their last fight. Duncan lost an arm, and Dolora, aka Sugar, is dealing with a condition from the firmament exposure. Draxus, with the Blue Devil, managed to deal the final blow to the Phantom Mech. A few weeks after the attack on the tower, the characters received an invitation to dine with Azula Sky. Conversation for the evening slipped between casual and serious, but the players left with some deals and a new mission, recover the stolen cargo. We're going to pick up after the dinner with Azula. Uh, Duncan got a replacement arm. Delora can now speak with her father. And Draxus has been promised some additional supposedly unrestricted research so duncan did you want to go over the new arm that you had acquired uh which by the way uh we hadn't covered in the off time but you actually received that arm in conjunction with a, a very famous person as far as this uh as far as quetzal's flight is concerned his name is wiley codeine uh oh. he is the owner and founder of polaris a tech firm for spearheading the automated labor force, uh, not only in Quetzal's flight, but in the surrounding systems as well. He's basically like a software and tech engineer whiz that uh, made a lot of automated laboring possible. Uh, so you worked yep. with him to uh, develop and, and get this new arm, Azula, uh, or K KGI funded it, of course, and Az Azula put in her two cents on a couple of modifications to the arm but do you just want to do a brief description of what you got and then go over the uh the technical details as you know the, the mechanical details as far as the the players and the audience are concerned yeah so it kind of just looks like a fairly decent uh extension to my body uh connected and kind of bolts like uh to my skin similar to like jacks for the most recent Mortal Kombat movie but the coloration is more of a dark steel or a um graphite looking color um it's a uh, bulky in nature to match my build um uh somewhat similar to the arm that like cyborg from the dc universe would have and then it has some nice little special abilities to it uh which would you like me to share those or no uh, uh sure okay so once per scene uh i may roll a d6 uh, on a 3+, plus, you can configure your new arm into a useful tool to help you complete an objective. 
roll twice and take higher result in that situation. Or during pilot combat, so normal combat without mechs, I can roll uh, d6 and on a 4 plus, I can apply max, da max damage to the next grapple or melee. That's pretty dope. You have a, a oh. fucking utility tool and a sledgehammer of a fist. Yeah, so it's much more like Cyborg from like Justice League where it has like a an impactful super punch or you know, a situation where it can be utilized in picking or surviving or utilizing it in other um, just everyday tasks. Right. Uh, and by the way, Delora, do you still have that text block that I gave you for your new thing? You didn't give me one. I was just thinking about it. Oh, no. Well, my laptop doesn't have Wi-Fi, but I can read it to you here again. Okay. Yeah, I'll take notes. Once per scene, you can roll a 1d6. On a 3 or higher, you can tap into the firmament, and you basically turn into, like, a, a, a ghost. Like, you can walk through walls and shit. And you will become intangible until the end of your next turn or until the end of the scene, whichever comes first. So it functions basically exactly like that mech was acting whenever it was phasing through stuff. Right. You can't physically interact with anything or you know, like any object or person while you're in this state. So you can't deal damage. Damage can't be dealt to you. You can move through obstructions, but not stop in them. If you do, you take 2d6 armor-piercing damage as a pilot, which is a lot. Yes, it is, considering that I put 13 HP, so... <laughs> yeah. yeah so, so that's possibly a death sentence, if you don't make sure you're, you're out of that. So after Glasgow gets his new arm... Azula will, you know, basically be prompting you all to get ready to ship out for this new mission. Uh, and she is wanting to meet with you all for a tactical meeting to provide a little bit of information that you might need for that. So unless you all had anything to quickly do, uh, you know, just prior to that, uh, let me know. This is the morning after the dinner, correct? Right. Okay. Um, yeah, well, you know, I'd like to do some stuff like with that email, but we can wait because that's I mean, that's narrative. So, um, yeah, I would absolutely love to do that. Uh, we got a couple of things to get through so that smalls yep. can get off of here for tomorrow. So uh -huh. we're just going to put a little pin in that. We will get to it. But yeah, any other like super important stuff, more so like getting ready for this mission that you would need to have done. Um, I would just go back to to my um, hangar warehouse and you know prep prep my mech for the next go about. Uh, especially thinking a lot about how my teammates were put in such precarious situations, and that I probably can't just support them from afar as often. So, one of these afternoons that you are heading over to that warehouse, uh, the one that your generous benefactor, H, uh, provided you some supplies and that printer and ultimately the Blue Devil. 
you find your way back there. Uh, I, I actually do have a question. You had mentioned previously in like episode three or so that you had wanted 24-7 security on that location. Is that still the case? It is not. I, I, shortly thereafter, I kind of thought, well, you know, I might have some prying eyes for this with the security forces. I better not. Right. Okay. I couldn't recall exactly. I, I figured that was the case. But basically, as you are making your way down those side streets after side street, taking the stairs down, and you're going lower and lower beneath the city, you eventually do come to that warehouse, and the door is shut securely but you do do hear a lot of like banging and clanging and um you know things being tossed around uh like there is uh, a mech doing something uh you you can't see what it is at the moment because you're still standing outside do you go inside oh shit uh yeah i guess i'll i'll, I'll hit my my stealth suit and and try to uh peer in without letting that door make as much noise as it did last time <laughs> yeah, when it when it fell off with what a natural one, and fell I can't on your remember face. <laughs> natural one or somebody hit a twenty and just I think Glasgow just busted it down. Something crazy happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so you do manage to open the door. I mean, you were the only one that had the key to it. If you did lock it back, uh, the door opens without any trouble. And what you see is this: uh, you, you see two mechs in combat. The the Blue Devil, and there is an entirely different one, one that you had not seen before. It is a lot more intimidating than the Blue Devil. It, it's bigger, stronger, faster. It's got more appendages. And what you see in, as you go through that door is the Blue Devil is lifted up off of the ground onto the wall. Uh, one of the primary arms from this new mech just pins it there, feet off the ground, and it just starts ripping it apart with its additional appendages and just crushes its chest into the wall. And then a message pops up and scrolls across your retina. A message for you. A temper matching its master's wit, the dual-edged blade. And it signs off with the letter H. Okay, well, um... <clears throat> I... I don't think anyone else has probably gotten into the Blue Devil, being that it's fitted just for me. And being that it's operating on its own, that's some serious NHP shit going on. So, you know, the non-human person, the computer that could take control. I didn't even know that that was operational, but I guess not anymore. Um, I'll deactivate my stealth suit and I mean I, I I don't know how 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 close I am to this thing but I'll approach it within reason yeah so there's like this scaffolding that you actually have to descend like there's this uh, metal scaffold uh, and stairs that you have to descend before you'd actually get down to that ground floor and uh, as you open that door it swings the rest of the way open and it just lightly clangs against the wall beside you it takes the remnants of the Blue Devil and chucks it across the warehouse, and it rushes over to you, winding up one big swing with its arm, and then as it starts to go across to try and strike you, it just slows and slows and slows, stopping feet from you, and then the arm is locked. And then you have some kind of interface come up on your retina, like uh, basically the same thing that you get with a... <laughs> 
this may not be the best comparison, but basically a uh, when you hop into a car that has Bluetooth compatibility and it's like pairing, pairing, and then a check mark goes across and then it just relaxes its posture and stands before you. I'll uh, I'll kind of like move my hand as to you know kind of swipe away its massive, I'm assuming almost deadly appendage that was about to punch me with, just to kind of get that out of here you know just nonchalantly see if i can't motion it to move aside essentially it mirrors your arm movement like you do that like go away motion and it does the exact same thing with its arm you know this would if it wasn't such a serious time this was this is where i would i would dance and then the mech would (laughs) dance too and it would be great and happy but no this is super serious um I suppose I'll I'll attempt to to mount it. I got to get in the cockpit. I got to figure out what's going on here. So, with it being paired to you now, if your mental intent is to mount and like get inside it, it will open up its cockpit and allow for you to do that. And you're actually doing that from that elevated scaffolding. Uh, so just standing at chest level, you know, it's a, a fairly sizable mech compared to the half sized Blue Devil that you were in before. And uh, you can basically just hop over the railing and get into it. Awesome. Um, I'll definitely do that. And how does how's the inside look? Does it look like pristine or is this like dusty old? Pristine. Somewhere in between. Okay. Ooh, and a new print, maybe. As long as this thing doesn't register as me as James this time, I'm going to start clicking buttons, booting it up. So a welcome message does come up across the monitor of the mech welcome draxus got my name right this time terrific i'm going to kind of sink into the seat a little bit and um see if i can't find out this thing's name if i can't welcome it back if it doesn't have one i'm going to give it one yeah, so you scroll through some of its settings it, it basically it seems like everything is set to default or factory settings. Okay. I'm just, I'm just, I'm a little stunned here. I'm not sure where to go from here. Uh, I guess I would, I would take the the rest of the afternoon or evening to kind of dive into what this thing can do, what 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 abilities it has, and I'd probably send a message if I can even remember. If I'm not so you know uh, jacked into this thing, that maybe maybe Glasgow or Sugar might want to know about this. Yeah, sure. That, that's uh, totally send a text. Yeah, kind of thing like uh, you know, like one of those like uh, new whip who this kind of things. Check it out. Yeah, for sure. Now you actually have the picture for this mech. Do you want to give the audience and the other players a description of what it looks like? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so just as just had described, this is a rather large mech. It's size two, so this thing is um, nearly towering. You know, most most homes uh, and businesses. It does have six appendages, two that it operates on more humanoid, but nothing would stop it from getting onto four legs or even six if it needed to. Uh, The limbs are quite long, but sturdy. They are as if bone was wrapped within titanium. The center chest has a face of sorts, kind of like an ant, maybe some appendages even there, smaller much smaller 
than the main ones used for fighting, grappling, and apparently tearing apart other mechs. The very top of this has a odd structure, a crimson and purple lighting up with all sorts of colors, mounting a impossible to look at weapon artifacts. It's not quite sure, but it seems like it'll uh, cause quite a bit of damage if pointed in the right direction. Yeah, excellent. Uh, so you send a message out to the other characters. Uh, what does it say? Um, I'll put development in warehouse. I'm fine, but you guys should come check it out. All right, so that message comes up on your all's uh, data pads. Do you all go investigate or, or what? Uh, yes, I quickly open it and uh, respond with a 10-4. Uh, in route, and then as I have my comms up, I think to myself I should notify um, uh, I just went blank on her name. I was sitting there thinking about it the whole time. Azula, correct? Azula Sky. Uh, yeah, I should notify Azula uh, and let her know my appreciation for the new prosthetic um, and uh, its effectiveness and ask if my upgrades on my mech and repairs on my mech have are prepared for me to come collect it. I'm doing this while I'm walking to um, Traxxas. Yeah, sure. You, you get uh, basically an, an affirmative from Azula for the arm. Um, you know, basically just acknowledged, and then uh, it's like dot, 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 still printing. Okay, sounds good. No, that's my response is uh, appreciated, or sounds good, appreciate it, and that's about it. Sure. And then slowly walking to Draxus. Laura, are you going with Glasgow, or do you all not meet up prior to that? Uh, no, I'll head over there as soon as I see the message come up. Okay, excellent. Uh, so you all eventually reach the warehouse. I imagine the door is still cocked open as uh, Draxus has been, you know, configuring his rig. Uh, what do they walk into? I would, I would imagine I probably went over most of the data by now, and I'm kind of attempting to work its signature code. Uh, to translate just between it and me um, as pilot and mech, uh, both inside and outside the cockpit. So they probably walk into just, um, well, the Blue Devil, unfortunately, has not been picked up yet. I'm too far deep into this thing. Uh, whatever it's knocked over, still that way, I do not care. There's probably, like, some tools that are left out, quite a few wires running across from, like, the printer or whatever, um, data pads I, I could I could wire in to try to calibrate this thing from you know the outside, and just kind of imagine a uh, like a VR headset kind of situation where I'm like, okay, how did I get the hand to? Because that's cool, and I'm just kind of like trying to. Basically, I'm doing the robot, and I'm trying to make it look to do what I'm doing, and they walk into me just being you know a fucking goof. It is surprisingly intuitive uh, to do that. Whenever you're basically wanting it to... It, as long as you're outside of the mech, 
anytime that you're like, okay, raise your right hand, lower your right hand, you know, the two or three of them that it has, <laughs> uh, basically whatever you're trying to give intent for, it follows pretty naturally. You, you find that it doesn't take a whole lot of time to synchronize to it. Um, but yeah, that's basically the situation that uh, Glasgow and Delora uh, walk into. There's just this giant mech that you all have not seen before that is frankly uh, terrifying. And as you go in, the giant spiked... Uh, you can't really call it a head. It's a head in as much of the fact that it is a thing with sharp, uh, pointy needles. Uh, basically, if you imagine a barrel with a bunch of broomsticks in it sticking out of it. Imagine that as the head for this giant thing, except much more colorful and scary and very sharp. Uh, it pivots towards you even as it's following Draxus's inputs, and you just feel heat start to build up on the stairwell. It gets very uncomfortable, 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 and then there's a degree of pain to it. Like There's a lot of uh, heat building up, or, or maybe... Uh, some kind of non-visible radiation that it's just pelting you with, uh, and then its posture kind of changes, and the mech directs itself towards you and starts approaching you. Uh, script? What is that? Uh, I'll kind of run out really quickly it, as without, I guess, getting myself crushed by one of the six legs in between them. I'm like, whoa, it's fine. It's very, uh, friends, they're good. Um, and I'm like, trying as quickly as I can on my eye retina to make sure that I coated them, you know, blue, not red, uh, friend, not foe. Um, uh, good, not bad. <laughs> yeah. Just and every, as every little that, thing it, that I could do to make sure that it's. With two of its many appendages, it actually grabs the scaffolding that they're standing right in front of. And it just immediately crumples part of that platform. And it's like starting to rip it away. And the heat is just building up and pouring over Draxus and Delora, I, and then you're I like, they're down. green, they're green, they're good. And then it just... And it releases its grip on the railing and just takes two steps back and uh, postures non-aggressively in the middle of the warehouse floor. I'm going to walk up to Draxus and pat him on the back and look up at the thing and say, oh, uh, compensating a little bit, bud. <laughs> I like to think that the heat, like Duncan, you already have like a tan on your face, like just from walking in here. Like, like there's a slight like red. Like, have you been working out, or is it sunny outside? What's the deal? Um, from whatever was just happening. Um, I don't know. I don't think I was compensating. Um, and I kind of point over to what I'm assuming is just bits and pieces of the Blue Devil, half of it. You know, it's probably oozing like hydrofluid and that kind of thing and be like uh, but it's the only one I have to work with now what what happened to the little one what almost just happened to you two okay I, what I've made been... you uh, decide to go with the Hulk busting model I uh I don't really think I had a choice. Um, my friends, they kind of... Well, they said this would match my temper, or that I have a temper. I don't know, the guy's always speaking cryptics. I'm trying to... 
Well, I'm hoping Azula can help me with that. Okay, I look down at my hand, the new one, and I say, I guess I can't say I'm going to complain that I'm not going to be taking as many hits this go-around. Are these the same friends that uh, helped us out the first night here? Uh, yeah. Horace. They're... Well, they've been helpful. I just hope I can control it. I'm just kind of gazing back up at this thing that's just titanium and crimson LED. I don't, I can't, is this flesh mixed with mech? I, the thing looks so strange and downright scary. Okay, well, upon hearing, is this flesh? <laughs> oh, that was, that was, uh, I'm sorry, I monologued there in my head. Oh. Maybe, shit, I monologued out loud. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying uh, to let... <laughs> oh, Upon hearing that, then I'm going to stare up at it wide-eyed and, like, have flashbacks of two weeks before where my encounter with one almost killed me and, um, yeah, script, um, you better, uh, you better learn how to control that thing right quick before you hurt somebody. And you don't want to hurt that, you know, somebody who at least isn't gonna... So, someone who who doesn't really um, deserve it. I, you know I know. I, mean? I know. I, I've been... <laughs> actually, it, it's been a couple hours since I said that message. Um... I found a lot out about it, and hey, let me put it this way. You guys are free to use me for cover. This thing is solid, and I'm going to kind of like move my hand and make it a fist and kind of stretch it so that way it's like a fist bump, and it's going to stop like four feet short of sugar. Uh, I'll take a couple steps because I'm sure my arm isn't... <laughs> Four feet long. <laughs> I I, and, I didn't want to miscalculate, you know. <laughs> I'm still learning. <laughs> Take a couple steps. I'll fist bump it. Okay, if you say so. <laughs> All right. Anything else uh, to add to that before we head up to the tactical meeting? I guess I'll just say, well, if we got if we don't have anything further, we should probably go uh, meet with Azula. Yeah. Um. I'll just. Lock up, and I'll like try to deactivate this mech. So this mech actually operates, uh, at least the autonomous parts, uh, it operates largely off of intent. So you do find that it tends to read your intent very well. And uh, if you're like, hey, I'm heading out, hunker down, it will just find a spot in the warehouse and stand. Cool. I'll try to get it to like make like brownies like you know down the road, but for right now, I think standing is probably <laughs> the best. Uh, <laughs> that's yeah. It. yeah, it's like basically basically you think like okay, uh, stand by, and it like looks at the nearest wall and it stands by that wall, so it's standing by. Okay, um, just gonna have to not think about stuff today. <laughs> 
kind of kind of like nervously you know like walking <laughs> out like you know i still do all the the typical lockup you know kind of things that i do and i'm like man what if i just like think about it like busting through the wall and coming to the street not thinking about it busting through the wall coming through the street like quickly <laughs> try to you know like I'm like oh man all right well, yeah no azula right um yeah i'm good to go all right everybody else good to go i'm good to go yes sir all right so you all make your way back to KGI Tower. You take the elevators up. You go down the hallway. You take the side elevator up. You eventually find yourself back in the same room where you had initially had a meeting with Shao uh, Alton Han and Azula in the uh, what, what is basically the war room, except it is just Azula and you all in the war room. Uh, as you walk in, she's already sitting there with her data pad plugging away, and she has some images. Um, a various set of images up on the screens in the war room. Uh, she welcomes you all, offers you all seats uh, along the table, and uh, she basically just starts going into her brief. As you all already know, you all are trying to retrieve cargo that was previously lost from the forward meteor. Uh, but she basically explains that there is a, a derelict mining vessel in an asteroid belt near Gian's Well and its respective moons. Uh, Gian's Well is just one of the other large planetary bodies in Quetzal's flight. It's mostly gas. There are some autonomous uh, mining operations going on, but instead of like mineral mining, it's like gas collection for fuel. Uh, so like basically vaporized gasoline, if you needed something to compare it to. Basically, they, they can just scoop that up out of the atmosphere pressurize it, and use it as fuel, right? So there's a lot of operations of that type in the area going on, but it's mostly autonomous. Um, because of that, the, because of those factors, it would make sense, uh, as she explains, for anyone traveling between planets or throughout the system to look into that area as a potential transition point. Uh, that derelict ship has been abandoned for a long time so the likelihood of any life support or you know gravitational supporting systems being functional is next to zero she'll also explain that she has contracted a uh, an, an, an escort a ship with the sargasso sirens to provide transport and get you close to the operational area the ship in question is going to be supplied by KGI. It is a stealth corvette. It will get you in very close proximity undetected. But she will note that the intent is going to be to try and keep this quiet. Uh, basically, we can't risk a massive shootout with who knows what. Uh, plus, the thing about the material is that it is both radioactive and volatile in its natural state, the material that she wants back in that cargo container. It takes a great deal of care and treatment to make it useful for manufacturing, but any stray explosions or gunfire could lead to chain detonating in a similar manner to a dirty nuke. 
uh, and that's just as unrefined material. If they take any amount of it and manage to convert it to one of its pure forms, uh, it's exponentially devastating. And she will also note that from sensor data, she has been able to collect uh, over the past several months. Uh, she can confirm that multiple unregistered ships have passed by that area recently. No registered cargo, no registered personnel, no registered company. Ships are coming and going from that area. But it looks like that they are trying to keep quiet just as much as you are going to try and keep quiet. Uh, and the uh, basically, it's just stay quiet and, and be careful is going to be the goal. Did you all have any questions or anything? I did not. Uh, well, I, I guess for clarification, is it a be quiet until we don't have to? And what about extract? If we get this cargo, are they going to come pick it up? Yeah, so that ship that has been contracted is actually one of KGI ships piloted by uh, the captain of the Sargasso Sirens, a mercenary group in, within Quetzal's flight. Uh, this is not a KSS ship or operation. It's not even officially a KGI operation. Uh, this is just something that Azula once done. So you all have that ship. She affirms that it will get the job done if you all are able to manage if, if you all manage to acquire the cargo, it will be capable of of evacing you all and, and the cargo. Okay. As far as rules of engagement, she is recommending mechs not be used because of that fact, because of the volatility of the material but also because they're trying to keep it as a quiet operation. And then as she had note, annotated before to Glasgow, the replacement specialized level four mechs that Glasgow and Delora had requested are still being uh, printed and finalized. Gotcha. So the intent okay. is for this to be a Lancer mission, uh, a pilot mission, not a mech mission. Did you all have any other questions or anything about the area, the mission? Uh, I mean, the mission is pretty cut and dry is retrieve the cargo. Um, but did you all have any other information that you wanted to retrieve? Uh, not for me. I was actually going to ask the yeah. same thing about extraction, but that's already been answered. Yep. Uh, um, let see. Um, so due to the, I guess I'll just ask. Uh, due to the volatility of the nature, the likelihood of us coming across mechs are, is fairly low also. Part of your uh, question didn't come through. Can you say oh. that again, please? Due to the volatility of the uh, stuff we're going to get, the material, the likelihood of us coming across mechs at all is pretty low, I assume. At least on their end... At least as far as Azula is aware and or concerned, she will say that the likelihood of mech combat happening would be very low, mm -hmm. only as like a very last ditch if they threw all caution to the wind and just decided to basically destroy everything. Uh, it's, it, 
like like it was stated, uh, it looks like they are trying to keep quiet and undetected mm-hmm. as much as you all are trying to approach this mission. So the likelihood of them just going balls to the wall and you know alerting every sensor within a solar system radius, mm-hmm. uh, it's unlikely. Okay, sounds good to me. Yep, I'm ready to go then. And and that's with a high degree of confidence. It's not just like a casual, like, ah, oh, they probably won't. I'm good with that. I'm prepared. So you all, the, the Stealth Corvette is actually going to be picking you all up from the top of KGI Tower. And as you take the elevators up to that section and walk through that landing area, uh, you, you you do walk past the desk where Smalls, uh, you've had a conversation with his desk clerk, Steph. You've actually borrowed this guy's card, and he'll kind of like eye over to you, like as you're going. He's not gonna like wave at you or like ask you anything. He'll just kind of like be like, "Oh, she still has my my credit card." Um, but as you all keep going, you do see that a couple of the televisions in the lobby uh, it has the news on. And it does seem that there is some turmoil in Punta Quedadada. Obviously, there's been a couple of attacks recently. Uh, there's you know, a, a light degree of civil unrest. And it appears, uh, as far as the, the, the subtitle displays on the screen, um, it, it basically states, new lockdowns, in effect, mixed emotions, uh, is basically... Uh, what the subtitle says, and then a camera pans over a small crowd of uh, people protesting uh, in a couple pockets of the city. But you actually see a friendly and familiar face hobbling over towards you on crutches, uh, and it is actually Captain Delu Solomon uh, going over to you, now freshly sa- uh, shaven. And uh, he's just like, Hello there! We've got a mission. Are you ready? Hi. How you doing? Well, you know, this uh, th- this prosthetic is not quite uh, doing it 100% for me, but it's better than nothing. And he'll kind of like just motion down. You, you didn't notice before, but you'll see that the uh, part of his pant leg is actually caught up on one of the bolts of his prosthetic leg uh, that was replaced from that uh, mangled mess that you had seen on the forward meteor. Uh, he has a very rudimentary prosthetic limb that has replaced his damaged leg. I'm going to look at it and raise my arm and say, yes, I can say the same. Like, Whoa, look at you, fancy pants. It looks like they give you the high dollar stuff. I guess it's the privilege of losing it in battle. Hmm. Benefits of insurance, I guess. Haven't had it in a decade. Anyway, uh, we have a mission to go to up in uh, uh, up towards Gian's well. Uh, as uh, as our employer may have informed you, I am the captain of the Sargasso Sirens, the best mercenary group in Quetzal's Flight, if I do say so myself. And uh, we've got a fancy new ship waiting for us. Are you ready? Yeah. Let's go, sir. I'm ready to try this one more time. On the way there, I'd like to uh, just kind of side talk uh, Mr. Solomon. And be like, so 
the the guys that you're working for you, the the two uh, idiots, Tom, right? Uh, are they still employed? Mm. And he he'll look uh, and kind of down at his feet at this, like, oh, uh, Tim and Tom, they were they were admittedly a great um, loved them like my own sons. They uh, they they died in the explosion on the forward meteor. Oh. That's so sad. I'm so sorry to hear that. Oh, and he'll wow. just kind of uh, run his, like, his hand over the top of his head like he's brushing the hair uh, out of his face, or, or at least the, the long, unkempt hair that used to be there before he got his much-needed haircut and trimming. Uh, just, you know, like, kind of more of a habit at now. Like, he's kind of trying, to, trying to shake it off. Like... <clears throat> Yep, part of the job, you know, it's dangerous stuff we do. Um, they, they, uh, they knew the risk, and he'll actually like walk like a little bit faster, uh, and, you know, a faster pace to kind of like break away from the group a little bit as he leads you over to the ship, like he's trying to cut the conversation. Great. Well, uh, I guess we should uh, get ready, and maybe after the mission, we can all get a dinner and catch up. Take it slow. Maybe remember them. I think that's the uh, appropriate plan if we all survive this go around. Yeah, and basically at that point, when you had said that, he had already like power walked as best he could with one fake leg away, and you don't get a response from him on that. He's you know obviously kind of uh, not not dejected, but uh, he he doesn't respond. And he's already inside the ship and waiting for y'all to get on. He just uh, closes the the pilot cockpit door once he's in there and uh, shuts it. A man of purpose. Uh, I respect it. And then I quickly follow him in. All right. So it's basically, it's a pretty stripped out stealth corvette the main selling points on this uh when the stealth factors are are not engaged it's a pretty sleek looking ship this mission is off planet and the fact they're uh that they already have the ship here at kgi tower that you're supposed to use on the mission gives you the indication that you're actually going to be using that to leave the planet uh which is at least as far uh, and as far as the rest of Pollux is concerned, and we had covered this slightly before, uh, it's kind of a big deal um, to have a ship that can do that. But obviously, this is a stealth corvette. You know, um, it, it's a high dollar item in basically every regard. But it does seem to leave Punta Queridad, uh and the atmosphere quite smoothly, uh, effortlessly. You feel a little bit of a rumble in the last second or two as it slips from atmosphere to space and those additional thrusters had to engage to just give you that additional little push out of atmosphere. But then you all are aware that you have about a half day, three quarter of a day journey before you are within uh, distance of the mission site. Is there anything that you all wanted to discuss or get into prior to Arriving? Yeah. I'll look at... Okay, sorry. No, 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 you go first. I will look at Sugar and say, well, uh, what do you know about radioactive nukes? Oh, not a whole lot. Why? Uh, seeing what we were looking at. 
What you are we the doing? bomb expert. Well, you know, um, ordinance uh, is a whole lot different than nuclear radioactivity. And uh, I wouldn't know much about nuclear radioactivity. You're telling me those backwoods water places you came from don't show you how to defuse a bomb? A nuclear well, one? Well, so let me interject here. Um, we know it's not a nuke. We're just poking fun that it's possibly yeah. something we're going to have to deal with if, uh, if it goes awry. Yeah, now yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, just it was... something that had been indica indicated previously is that although there wasn't a whole lot of formal training, uh, as Delora had gone through those courses, she did pretty much nail them with ease. And, you know, they don't teach uh, basically anywhere how to defuse nuclear bombs, right? But if you wanted to, Delora, uh, at the very least, we could do a roll to see your amount of knowledge on... How far uh, away can I risk. be when she makes that just, roll? <laughs> just to specify, me, I was basically just making a sarcastic... Yeah, same. ...wishful small <laughs> talk about it. I, yeah. I, I realized oh, there wasn't yeah. much know. for it. <laughs> oh, that a textbook? Well, if it's a Neutrino 3, you're going to have to be like, okay, never mind. <laughs> Okay. That's 19 on the die. Okay. So if it did start to go down, uh, it, what, was there a particular piece of information that you would like to know about the potential danger or how to handle it? if things uh, did start to go hay haywire? Uh, sure. I mean, you know, how to diffuse how something to would be mighty handy to know. <laughs> or yeah, at least so... how to make, you know, something extremely dangerous, not so dangerous. Or in your case, that's typically backwards, making well, non-dangerous items into something useful. Uh, yeah, I could certainly do that. So, so with that role, what I will say is that if it does come to that on the mission, you all will get the information necessary to help uh, remedy that. Or we can go with a uh, advantage role. Which would you prefer? I'm sorry, advantage role or help with what exactly? So basically, if shit hits the fan and you think that this is going to detonate at some point, you can get an advantage roll on a piece of information or the, um, or, or, or not not the information, but an advantage roll on fixing that problem. Um, it sounds good. Yeah. No advantage. Yeah. Rolled every day. Yeah. So roll twice to take the better result. Is that yeah. satisfactory? Yeah. That's when we learned that she's colorblind and both wires are red to her. Oh, <laughs> Rolling a three to four. Fuck. <laughs> okay. Anything else that you all want to get into? I think we had a couple people trying to jump in uh, for stuff. Yeah. I did. Um, so then I suppose after this conversation, um, especially since they're both right there, um, I, you know, I, I've been, 
I've been dealing with some stuff um, that I haven't really told y'all about, but I feel like I should probably let you know. Uh, and then I'll tell them about my time in um, the firmament. Um, like, the experiences that I've been having, because I assume that, you know, I've got, like, that, that special move, right? So I, I assume that I've kind of noticed that I've been able to do this before. So I will, uh, at least I assume, is that fair to say? Yeah. Okay. Because um, I think last session we talked about maybe, like, I don't know, like, going for like a book or something on on a table but my hand just like goes right through the desk and like stuff like that um so I'll, I'll tell them i'll tell them all about that and um you know i don't really know what it is uh it kind of scares me to be perfectly honest um but if you see some weird stuff later on just know that uh i guess it's normal now um so kind of just look at her and nod and say got a little taste myself so I, I understand that's uh that's pretty interesting shit Delora I'm sure it's scary but maybe it can be useful so and I, I feel like I feel like that's not even the worst of it. You know, I also had these visions and I saw things and I don't know even know if they were real, but they felt like they were real. And you know, it was kind of like like a dream that just you don't even feel like you're dreaming, if that makes sense. It just felt too real. And the worst part about it is that I saw my mama in one of the visions and um she died years ago um i feel like i don't know i feel like she was trying to tell me something maybe but um it's just it's just weird anyway i just figure i'd let y'all know that um i've been doing some crazy things lately like drugs because that would explain all the visions. How are drugs gonna put your arm through desks and walls and things? Oh, okay, yeah, I don't know about that, but there's this one time I was hanging out with this guy named Rico, and we had these this stuff. Anyway, it, it made me see some things, um, but not any dead parents. Yeah. Yeah, well, like, turn off somewhere and, like, uh, mind my own business, I guess. I will look at him and simply say, uh, maybe not the best time. Well, you know, I don't... It's hard for me to talk like this stuff. I mean, you've always had, you know, the core or whatever 
group you've been loyal to for however long you've done. And I motion up and down from his, what I assume are still perfectly polished black combat boots to the top of his massive, you know, rippling muscled neck. Yeah, I've never had anybody. The most I've talked to is the noodle cart guy just because I've seen him a couple times a week. That's only because I've had money recently. It's fair, but in most cases like this, listening is usually all you need to do. And uh, Draxus kind of looks down and finds his own corridor to play in. Eventually, you feel your speed start to slow and slow and slow as the engines basically go into idle and you are slow it, you are in slow drift approaching your objective area. What you see is an asteroid belt that surrounds Gian's well, the gas giant of the system. Now from pictures that you had seen in the war room and from what you can see looking out the portholes is just groups and groups and groups in a long path surrounding the planet the, the gas giant is the asteroid belt and as you're drifting closer you do see that there is a fantastically sized a a titanic ship that in several sections was crushed by the asteroids uh, kind of sandwiched in multiple sections. You don't see any lights. The engines aren't on. Shrapnel from where it was initially crushed still floats about the ship. And you are drifting ever closer. Eventually, Captain Solomon will kind of pivot this ship so that you all are in a parallel orbit with the destruction. Uh, the ship called the Nocturne. And basically, you all are ready to do your drift from the Stealth Corvette over to the Nocturne. Now, it's it, it was basically understood from the briefing to what you see now that the life support and gravitational assist systems would have long been offline. So you all have packs on your suits to assist with movement. You don't need to worry about drifting around aimlessly and uncontrollably. Uh, you do have your life support systems. You're basically in uh, compact combat spacesuits. Sorry, did you say we don't have life support systems? Uh, you do for oh. your suits. Okay. The ship that you are about to search through does not have life support or support. Understood. Okay. Okay. Any other last second questions or anything before you all start your drift over there? Uh, no, thank you. Good. All right, so you exit the back end of the stealth 
Corvette. As you're drifting over, uh, you hear your jetpacks on your backs just very occasionally and lightly do little hisses of air pressure being ejected to keep you on the correct course as the ship is also drifting in the asteroid field. You know, you all are in orbit. But you do find that you're drifting closer and closer to one of the largest cross sections, uh, one of the largest openings in the side of the ship, and you successfully find yourself there. Now, as you enter the ship, you do find that many of the systems are offline. There is the occasional strips of lighting and sparking lights that you can see in Foundry. Uh, does everybody have visual on that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So basically, this is the image that you get. Um, you, you know, you're drifting through the halls of a dilapidated, abandoned ship. Um, there is not a light at the end of the hallway, but you know, through your various sensors that you have on your spacesuits and the life support systems, you are able to drift easily through there. Uh, you know you are looking for something that's approximately in the hangar area, the material that you're looking for. Uh, how do you all want to approach this? Uh, Scripps, do you think that you can hack into the systems here to see if you can get visual on uh, what we came here for? Through like security cameras and whatnot? Uh, yeah, I can try if I can find a panel that's working and start kind of looking around for something I can maybe jump into. I think the difficulty is going to be that because I'm in a life support suit, I can't interface with it directly that isn't from the gear that I have. Like, I can't personally, as a person, with my cybernetics, but maybe my Omni hook will do just fine. So what I would say is that because your arm is prosthetic, if you were to somehow like just section off that arm, it wouldn't necessarily need to have the life support systems like down your entire sleeve, right? Because it's a robotic arm. Uh, uh, th- it's only partly robotic. I still have, you know, fingers, fingers and hands and wrist is all me. But okay, yeah. So in in that case, then uh, you could try to do something via Omni Hook, but just based on the scenery around you you would realize that it's much less of an issue around your capabilities. It's much more of an issue around power, uh, specifically for the cameras. Uh, You know, it'd be pretty apparent that there aren't really many, if any, functioning systems on this ship. Well, did you want to roll? Yeah, I can roll. I was going to just call it there, but yeah. Not, not, impo- not impossible. Fuck yeah, I want to roll. Not impossible. Let's uh, let's just throw it up here to the 12. All right, so it does take you some time, but you are able to hack into what is, uh, via Omnihook, what is a very, very weak signal. 
and you're actually bouncing that off of uh, not the ship's systems, but some individual systems, individually powered systems that are independent of the ship's infrastructure. Basically, you tune into one of these spare suits that's hanging up what, what we could describe as like a locker room, like a changing room. And what you see is a camera feed of well-maintained suits hanging up on their racks that look relatively new. Most of the locker doors are closed, but it seems like this part of the ship is actually maintained. I will relay that. Uh, so it's a little patchy. There's a fuck ton of background noise out here, but I think I've bounced something. It's weak, but this area, and I'll maybe point on the map or section. I don't know if it's going to make sense to you all, but it's new. Like, people keep it new. It's either new or they maintain it, but someone's definitely been here or are here. Yeah, especially like compared to where you are currently in the ship, like it's obviously dilapidated. Now, uh, dust can't really fall in space, right? So it's not like you can just wipe your finger on something and be like, oh, there's an inch layer of dust. You know, obviously nothing's been here for a while, but there's an obvious distinction between sections of the ship that are and aren't maintained. Uh, does, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That's, that's basically the distinction that you get. You said there are people here? Well, I, mean, I don't really have a sign of them, but there's like newer suits and everything else is kind of stands the reason that they're still hanging out here. Then I'm like pointing to whatever area that I'm getting that footage from or that, uh, that signal. From previous records that Azula had pulled up, although it has been a, a, a long since dilapidated and abandoned ship, for all intents and purposes, uh, there was still at one point a registered blueprint of the ship. So you all would have a pretty, pretty accurate trace of where that would be comparative to where you are now. Well, uh, Duncan, you're the tactical expert. What do we do? I don't know if this is really my expertise. Well, you're the captain, aren't you? Well, we saw where that got us last time. Uh, yeah. Well... I guess, uh, I'll... <sighs> Let me think. I don't really have anything good for tactical traits. Let me, uh, leader inspire, I guess. There we go. That'll work. <laughs> So you are trying to lead or inspire Script and Delora to do what? What, what is the action that you're trying to inspire? Uh, the text here is give an inspiring speech or motivate a group of people into action. And just previously you were like, well, you see where my leadership got us before. So how are you going to spin that in a justifiable way to have a benefit? Okay, I'm about to do that. Okay. Here's the deal. If you've learned anything, you can't make these decisions on my own. You 
almost died as a team. We gotta start thinking about going. Let's put our thoughts together and actually work towards a common plan to move forward. Okay, I like it. So you can go ahead and add that plus two to your roll. Uh, what plus is the grit. goal of, of your roll? Plus grit, just, yes. Yeah, just to, for us to notice any, as a group, analyzing our options to notice the most effective path that we could take um, as a group. Okay, so basically trying to determine what the best path forward would be? Yes. Okay, excellent. So basically there's going to uh, go ahead and roll. I rolled a 19 on the die, so it was 23 in total. Nice. So basically what you are going to see is that there are two routes you can take. There is uh, basically complete stealth. Uh, you can go through sections of the ship that, as you were drifting over, that you know based on the amount of damage would mostly be empty space and unoccupiable sustainably. Uh, like you couldn't securely store or use that area because it's basically open space, right? But you know that you could still traverse through it. Now, if you go through that section of hallways and ship where you know that feed just came from, you know that you could get some more information potentially. Uh, obviously, it, you know, with it being potentially occupied space and what is supposed to be a derelict ship uh, is a little bit more risky. But you're fairly certain that you could get more information. So it's basically complete stealth, get to the cargo and get out. Uh, or you could take the path that might get you a little bit more context and a little bit more information. So you do understand those things pretty clearly. Okay. So, with that being said, um, sounds like that we've uh, come to a conclusion as a group that we can determine the best course of action. Um, uh, so I will look at Crypt and say, what do you think? Well, the mission is to just get the gear and get out, but this last time, not having all the information also wasn't the best course of action. Delora? Well, I mean, what kind of information were you looking for? Because uh, it seems pretty straightforward to me. Well, how do you see it? Well, we know that the package is going to be somewhere in the hangar. We know that there are possibly uh, other people, or I don't even know. We're not alone here, right? Possibly. So we just have to proceed cautiously and make sure that we don't drop anything and make a lot of noise. Yeah, but, I mean, why did these guys take this stuff? Well, here's the thing, right? I mean, you kind of barely were able to tap into the systems anyway, so... But they're broken. I mean, look at this well, place. It's dilapidated. I mean, for all we know, this is just... This is a hideout. It's made to look this way. Right? I mean, it could very well be a stash spot for pirates or whoever else. You know? I mean, look. We just need to be careful. Yeah, I agree. So they're pirates? 
Um, I'm just, you know, based off of what happened before, I mean, there they could be. I mean, shoot, you know, we don't even, we don't really know who took the stuff, right? We just know that Miss Sky wants it back. And as far as I'm concerned, whoever took the stuff is kind of irrelevant. I mean, it wasn't even theirs to take, right? We're just kind of taking it back. You heard the... Well, what Mr. Winters was saying in the tower. He was going on about how they'll score the precious towers and leave the citizens with a message they won't forget. Yeah, that sounds pretty bad. But then he said something about reclaiming for our people the opportunity that was stolen. Maybe KGI stole this first. Maybe, but at least KGI wasn't the one leaving bodies on the ground. Civilians on the ground. Draxus admittedly shrugs and looks to his um, cybernetic captain for guidance and leadership. What say you, Captain? Oh, my bad. I was muted. Um, <laughs> I was like stoic. No, really. I love it. I just charge <laughs> in and I start shooting. No, no, uh, uh, sadly, my uh, stubbornness almost got us killed last time. I think the mission objective and going under the radar might be our better course of action this go, especially with our limited firepower. Uh, DM, does my stealth hard suit? work with everything that I'm wearing or is the environmental um over t- layer over top not like phase with it so your life support suit would be over top of whatever you would typically wear now if you want to roll to see if you can make your stuff fit over top of that, we can go for like a a flat 15 or higher. And I'll say that you were able to just, you know, like, uh, <laughs> like in an oversized hoodie, just fit it over this additional life support suit. Do you want to go with that? Well, I would, except it, it does not fit. The stealth suit? I rolled an 11, so... <laughs> okay, gotcha. Yeah, I, I didn't want to just say straight no, but, you know, that's that's how it goes. So y- you do not have your stealth uh, option there, um, but you can breathe, so, you know, it's some give and take. <laughs> Better than Gore did up, upon the forward meteor. Yeah. Okay, so what is the concept... Uh, the consensus stealth option. Uh, I think the stealth option. Yeah, believe so. And okay, so it's like we're all on consensus. I don't have to do anything then. Well, you still have to lead. Well, I plan on leading, but I was gonna. If <laughs> we had some disagreement, I was going to um, pull rank or something. But I don't have to do that. So it makes sense. It makes us more unified. <laughs> uh, I don't like it. it. Yeah, I mean, t- typically wouldn't we wouldn't do that against other 
players anyway. Um, we but, would hope not, but I yeah. technically could as the captain. Yeah, o- only in an army that you perceive it would cause reasonable. <laughs> well, I know, I know. But it would cause some. I'm dead. How about you, Flora? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not dead um, anymore. Yeah, zombie. Great. <laughs> okay, so you proceed the stealthy route, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Complete and stealth. I say that. Um, we'll look at. Draxus and say you're a little more used to the running in the shadows you mind leading uh, yeah but I can't make all these calls I can get somewhere and I get somewhere without people seeing me usually but once I'm there I don't know what to do we'll figure it out together uh, just messages and uh Worst case scenario, I'll take up the rear for uh, rear defense, and if uh, something happens and I need to get to you, I can get there quickly. Because I have the ability to get somewhere quickie. Okay. <laughs> as as do I. Um, I guess I'll um, I, I I'm DM. Is is our our weapons like hooked to like a belt on the exterior? Are they like? Because we're kind of, you you can travel space, you easily know. with your weapons. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to do any rolls or anything for that. You you, you can just tra- traverse the ship re- reasonably easily. Uh, you don't have to worry about that. Uh, so I will give you all the option. Do you want to leave this section to script moving forward as he traverses the ship? Uh, the the ship. Um, analyzing the cross sections and, you know, like making sure we go right down or up appropriately. Um, yeah, but and, I mean, we're, we'll be close enough. We can calm and make decisions yeah. together. Well, well, so what I was going to say I, is we, we can either just have script roll with all of his stuff, or we can do an average roll where you all do a, your flat D 20 plus your grit. And then as long as the average is above 10, We'll say that it all goes without a hitch. Okay, yeah, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So also, there's the three of you rolling uh, with your flat d20s plus your grit, or script can take the lead. Yeah. Uh, with his additional advantages. Yeah. Um, I'm cool with either. The only reason I feel like I don't need to be in the front is because I have no form of stealth combat, and I think scripts does. Because if I have to fight somebody, it's going to be loud and nasty. <laughs> So, just so you all are aware. But anyway. Yeah, fair enough. Let's get this roll out. Do we I mean, want to do it as average, or do we want to have... It doesn't matter to me either way. I'll forego it alone. All right. Well, I guess we could do it like this, if it's okay with you, Justin. If uh, like if it's a situation where his role alone will safely get all three of us across, that's good. But if it's a more high risk, we can each roll for the average. That way, we can see like if one particular person's not going to make it or something. Does that make sense? Well, so my thinking is that it's basically all or nothing, and we can have everybody contribute to it, the failure or success, or we can rely on script, who has more of the uh, the stealth. Attributes. Okay, so then I say the smarter room is smarter room is to go with script. So I'm good with that. 
Whatever you want to do. Yep, I'm good with that. I think we'll trust him if he's got Steph? higher. That's fine with me. Script. Uh, yeah, I can I can forego this alone or uh, shepherd everyone across. So these. let me see if I can give you anything real quick to assist you before we begin our movement. How about a, a jaunting, inspiring speech, Captain? Yes. That's all I'm sure I'll need. Would that transfer the additional two points? No, no that was no. It'll just be plan. It'll just be good for for being the viewers. That's all. I mean, oh, okay. these <laughs> dice are feeling hot. My stats are feeling hefty. Okay, I'll simply look at you and say I. I know that you've had a lot of pressure in our last missions, but I don't think you understand the importance you give us in this team and uh, the necessity of your abilities in this certain situation to help us all get out safely. But if the time arises for us to all fight, we'll be there. We'll fuck shit up. And I'll pat him on the shoulder. Embrace to move forward. Then let's fuck shit up. Quietly. And I will sneak off. Alright, so as you lead your way throughout the dilapidated ship, you find yourself going through both contained and uncontained, or I guess I should say breached and unbreached sections of the ship that have been battered with these asteroids towards the exterior you occasionally find yourself drifting through open space uh, you can actually just look out casually at the surface of Jean's well which seems very very close realistically you know very very far away but uh drifting through those open spaces you're quickly re-encapsulated by darkness uh, and you're just guiding yourself by the occasional sparks and pulsating LEDs that are just faintly glowing and scripts seem to be faithfully guiding you all through. Go ahead and give me your roll. So I have a 17 on the die and with some bonuses, that's going to be over 20. Excellent. Um, so I'm, I'm just you... acting unseen and unheard. Unless you want me to investigate, I can add some more, but over 20. Over 20? Okay. As you get closer and closer to the hangar area where you think that cargo would probably be kept, uh, you, you do stop yourself short as you're about to round one of these corners and you stick your hand out and abruptly stop Delora and Glasgow uh, in their tracks, uh, holding your outstretched palm. And it would have almost been unnoticeable because you know you can't hear walking in a ship where gravity doesn't exist everybody just drifts through things what you actually hear is the uh, uh one of two personnel placing his hand on a guide rail and his feet very gently touching the surface as the two come to a stop just past the intersection you're about to pass through uh, one of them says to the other quite frustrated look no one wants to pull extra ships, but we're stretched thin as it is. General McLeod has his hands full with getting the fleet off planet. When we get the go-ahead from our contact on Pollux, we'll be in full swing. But I'm going to go back and offload the container and signal Orphan 1 that we're good to go. Just go and do your other round. And then the two will split in opposing directions at this T-intersection. 
I would not. I mean, I, I would I would attempt to, I guess, either watch those guide wires moving to see if on that splitting of the T, if the people are still coming our way or not, you know, by the uh, the jiggling of it, since I can't hear. And if it appears at all like they're not moving away, if the guide wires are still, you know, getting getting moved by their advance or their departure, I guess I might, might not be able to tell entirely, um, I'm going to usher the team back into a side room so there wasn't uh a guide wire like a ski lift you know how it will like pull people mm -hmm. through it's not like that it's, it's just like a guide rail basically like a railing on a cruise ship or a railing on on a boat it's something that's stationary to the ship so okay. what you would have heard is them grabbing and bracing themselves against that not like a system that is pulling people throughout the ship just for clarification Okay. Yeah, I was kind of picturing like a, um, like a like an old like a, just a rope bridge. You know, watching the watching the rope kind of wiggle like a steel. You know, um, but that works all the same. I'd, it, probably, it's a solid railing. Yeah, I'd probably usher the the team into a um, a little bit backwards and into some side room because we have time. Yeah, you you find if, yourself a little cubby to to pull yourself off to. Um, I would wait a good, you know, minute or two. Um, does one of those individuals come our way? Go ahead and give me a flat twenty. E e. How's a ten? <laughs> a ten? About I don't know a which minute. way. Which way does that go? <laughs> A minute and a half passes by, and just as you're about to peek out around the corner, you do hear the occasional cling, cling, of where he is grasping on the wall and on the railing to readjust himself. And he is actually stopping at that intersection, and he pushes himself to drift past. Uh, and, you know, almost out of habit, you know when you are patrolling the same set of hallways or the same area over and over again, day after day, you get into those habits. And he knows, just as you all had passed, uh, very shortly past this intersection, there's a beautiful view of Gian's well off to the left-hand side. So he is actually already turning his head away from you all and looking in the opposite direction as he's drifted by to try and get a good glance uh, at the planet. Because it is quite... A, uh, a sight to behold, but very shortly uh, after you're about to pop your head out, you are aware someone is drifting toward you and about to go past your position within arm's reach. Okay, uh, I immediately turn around and look at my teammates and and go uh, yeah frantically like if somebody goes surprise with their hands, I'm just wide eyed and be like ah. Um, I'd be like, uh, I'm trying to pantomime. Uh, guy floating, snap his neck or or don't. Well, and I'm so, all shoulders. <laughs> so to be fair, there was the initial conversation that you heard, and then about a minute and a half passed before that guy came back to finish the other part of his route. So you would have had some kind of time to communicate something. Okay, well then that's what I say. The, the hand signs and pantomiming are still there. <laughs> <laughs> you said that you pulled us into a room. 
Yes. Well, so you're not into a room per se. You're into like a side cubby. Uh, basically a, a break in the wall where there's just a little bit extra sneaking room, like to, to where you could put your back up against the wall. To make is sense. there anything? Is okay. there anything on the ground that would be something he would pick up to move, or some sort of things that would be uh, relatable to the tasks that they were doing? I I wouldn't chance it. If he's been doing this day by day, he would know if something weird just appeared, like in a hallway. So were were you asking Glasgow if there's just like something floating nearby, like a piece of debris? Well, he was doing tasks, whether it was like cleaning the ship, anything like that. He said they were worn thin, so I was going to see if there was anything that would have been something that maybe we could begin to do. So until... To look like uh, helpers, you know what I mean? Until scripts, uh, until script informs you otherwise, you're not aware that these people are okay. there. And And by the way, I don't think I mentioned this, uh, those two personnel are armed. They yeah. do have weapons. He, he's not pushing a broom down the hallway. Okay. He he is sweeping for security, albeit lackadaisically. All right. <clears throat> uh, I'm just gonna nod at script after he frantically pantomimes and uh, kind of say, do what you must. Like, mouth it, not actually say it. Um, I'll kind of like, you know, kind of like point at Glasgow and then I'll like punch at my visor and then make a explosion pantomime with my hand and then act like I'm choking to death. And then, like, shrug. I'm like, does that make sense? Like, you know, punch the guy the visor, and then he can't breathe. And then we're good. Yeah, and about the time that that all takes place, uh, basically consumes the minute. You you guys are just frantically pantomiming. <laughs> and you, much quicker than you would have liked, you see that this guy is uh, coming around the corner and starting to do his drift past you all. Uh, what, what are you going to do? You have five seconds to decide. To quickly grab the individual's gun and helmet forcing the gun barrel downward with my mechanical arm away from me and the helmet in a manner that looks like I'm about to open it and uh, while doing this I'm going to hope that someone goes because <laughs> I can't do that because I don't have a hand available <laughs> I was gonna say I, I was gonna as soon as I see him lurch out from our, our cubby, I would I would too um, propel myself, you know, with with some manner of just pushing against the wall or the surface to kind of get that an extra inertial inertia, so we could all kind of hit the wall together. And I'm, I'm gonna try to uh, restrain him with his you know arms and just kind of I guess we're. Fighting in zero gravity. <laughs> this is interesting. Okay. But I, I do have um, get somewhere quickly, which allows me to move gracefully in zero gravity. It literally says it. I also have that. Yeah. So. Okay. So we'll say 
uh, Glasgow, go ahead and roll with advantage uh, and your grit and your bonus uh, to, to go ahead and snatch this guy out of the air. How does advantage uh, work this again? Oh, it, it, just normal advantage. Roll twice, take the higher result. Roll twice, it, advantage doesn't one. exist in this system as far as I'm okay. aware. Okay, yeah, because I rolled a 2 and then a 14, so I'm glad. Oh. <laughs> so 14 plus, uh, you want me to add you somewhere quick, quickly, grit? Um, let me look on there real quick. Make I have sure. take control also. Use force, violence, pressure of will, or direct action to take control of something. Like this, this man's last moments of life. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's done. <laughs> uh, so I would say either apply fist to faces or assault. Uh, and so I, I would say apply fist to faces or assault, and then take control and threaten both apply. Okay. Uh, let's see. We'll do. That's two, four, six. Plus your pilot grit, which is two, right? So you get yeah. a plus eight to your d20 result. We'll do the fighting and chaotic microgravity as part of a boarding action. I like to engaging an enemy. Uh, so, 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 can I, I can't use both? Uh, well, I was, was going to say one or the other, uh, okay, but that's so still I'm... a plus eight, not yeah, including yeah. both of them. So. so that's 22. Okay, excellent. So you said you were going to grab the guy's weapon, pull him out, and then put a hand across his face mask like you were going to rip it off, right? Yes. So he's okay. like drifting peacefully over there, like basically like he's bored. He looks over towards what he thinks is about to be Gian's well the gas giant that you all are orbiting and then just a big burly palm goes across his face max like oh and he, he just it, it, he's quickly embraced and restricted by glasgow and he's got a giant uh hand across his face mask uh and then who is doing the shush i don't think anyone is i'm, I'm just restraining his arms are, are you are you pulling off his his mask so he will succumb to zero zero gravity or um... not yet? I'm I'm taking it's more of a grapple just to see his reaction. Yeah, I mean he's panicking. You all pulled him out of what was supposed to be a very empty hallway in the middle of space. Uh, he is scared. You actually feel around his waist area; it's warmer uh, oh, as the past few okay. seconds had gone by. Okay. Uh... You, you have about five seconds to make a decision before I do. Um, I take the gun, hand it to Sugar, and then I'm going to utilize um, my arm to make a useful tool. Eh, you know what? No, I'm not. I'm just going to rip his face mask off of him. Ooh. Okay, so you hear a, a very brisk as you're pulling him out of what's supposed to be an empty hallway. Some quick panic, like, oh, oh, what the fuck? And then you rip the face mask off. Not how it was intended. You actually just ripped the glass out of the, the, the harness of the helmet. You've got broken glass floating through the air. And just before his eyes 
pop out of his head. You hear, ah! and then, and there is just floating gore in okay. front of you in silence. Okay, uh, but it's like frozen, isn't it? Uh, it kind of. Uh, okay. So there's light reflecting off of the surface of Gene's well, and. So, like, basically, if you put someone in front of a sun and you just spin them slowly, whatever side is facing the sun burns and boils, and the side that isn't facing the sun instantly freezes. So it's kind of one of those in-between states. It's not, like, frozen in ice, uh, but frozen more so in time, I I guess. Um, It's not like there's ice crystals off of everything. But okay. yeah, he is officially dead. Part of his brain is sucked out of his eye socket and his cool. Yeah. I'm going to look at script over the shoulder of the corpse I'm holding and say see a bucket. Uh why don't we just leave him here? Uh, I don't really want him to get found. Well, but his face mask imploded. That could have been a, a malfunction. That's not us. Let's just you know, he bumped into something. Okay, I'll I'll shrug my shoulders, turn him around, um, turn him around, um, ask, uh, reach out one hand for the gun from Sugar. For whose gun? The gun I handed Sugar. Oh, his weapon. Yep. Okay, you all have your own weapons that you brought in, by the way, that you would normally. Yeah, have yeah, no, I was just disarming him. Okay. I'll hand it back and say, that was nasty. Yep, and then I will put the gun in his arms, like he's holding it, and (laughs) position him, like I will crinkle his hands around the gun, and then I will wedge the gun in a corner, and then put him face first facing a corner. To where, if anyone walked by, it would just look like he was being lazy in a corner. And and then when they whip him around, it's just absolutely, absolutely terrifying, terrifying gore. Exactly. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> like, and I look at them too. I go, I guess that'll work. <laughs> I guess that'll work. <laughs> Lead the way. This isn't going on. What... Okay, we have to move so much quicker now. <laughs> I'm gonna be like muttering to myself and be like, no, you know, just a, just a, you know, malfunction. I could have pressure detail. You know, I mean, you can say something to me if you feel like that's not appropriate. No, no, I'm I'm already sneaking this. I'm just muttering. I'm like, okay, yeah, no, that's fucking. And uh, you know, bumped into the wall, screen broke. That's it. Uh, Okay, so since you all were following, um, uh, you know, fairly enough behind script, close enough behind, I should say. Do you all want to? roll to see if you heard the conversation part of that happening? Uh, Yeah, sure. You mean about General McLeod? And Orphan 1. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got a 15. I got... What is that? Oh, damn it. A 10. Okay. 10 is basically the name of the game. Uh, You all at least heard bits and pieces we add grit to that. Uh, I mean, either way, with grit or not, I, I got it. But we add grit to that, right? I was just going to make that a flat D20. Okay, fair enough. But since it was after the fact. Um, 
and you all were kind of behind. But you all do get bits and pieces that uh, Glasgow does hear the name uh, General McLeod and that there's a fleet going off planet and Delora is aware that there is a contact on Pollux. Uh, but the rest of the context for the both of you isn't entirely clear. You both get those pieces of information, but Script is the only one that has the full picture from that conversation. Uh, what do you do as you go forward? What's the plan? Uh, well, I know there's one other individual. Um, if I'm at all able to, um, I guess where I right before I leave this um, ice socketed brained individual, uh, does he have a you know like a data link? Does he have something on his arm that's like you know a touchpad? Is he anything that I could maybe hack into? He does have an Omnipad on his wrist, which is uh, currently functioning uh, perfectly. It seems like one of those intranet things, like at least for this local, uh, this local net that they have set up, uh, that it is working for. What do you want to do? Is that something that I can take with me, or has to stay on his suit? It is built into the suit. That's not to say that you can't uh, take it with you with some <laughs> effort, but we are going <laughs> to... But we are going to roll for this? it. We, we can at Bernie's? I'm not taking this man or his <laughs> arm, for that matter. I will just momentarily hack or fix what I need to and right. um, uh, see if I can't um, either port that over like, um, like a relay. See if it can't be sent to my stuff. So it continues to operate, but it's, it's forwarding everything to mine. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, if you're not going to try and rip it out or anything, you don't you don't uh, need to do anything special. You can just try and operate it normally, or you can try and hack or fix it and plug into it. Uh, what was your intent? Um, I mean, I want to. I want to. My intent is to um, get within what is now, I guess, our enemy's channel and, and see if you know each of their suits' location is pinging. Or because that, that would mean I need to drift him down the fucking hallway. Or specifically, if I know, you know, cargo's in Bay 7 and the last guy that he was just talking to, his little light is moving towards Bay 7. You know, because I guess we need to deal with him too, or at least slip past him. Okay, give me a roll. Okay, just a uh, flat D20. I have an 11. And with Hacker Fix plus my grit, that becomes a 17. Okay, excellent. So you are able to find that there isn't a strict GPS system attached to these uh, like OmniRist devices, uh, these mini Omnipads. Uh, you, you, you're not able to find by scouring through these different uh, interfaces that there's any kind of function like that, like active tracking. Cool. Um, you you do find that there's like a, a recent communications list. It does seem to be connected to five other, um, or, or at least messages sent and received from five other instances. But, uh, but and what what was the other part of your question there? Yeah, I think that uh, that pretty much affirmed it. Unless people okay. for some reason have very specific, um, like number two always walks the north corridor. No, no, no. Uh, yeah. it, it's basically just like you see that there are that many different uh, sure. unique addresses 
at addresses that have been communicated with recently. Okay. Uh, great. Then I guess we will um, head down that T intersection towards what I had heard is um, offloading the equipment or offloading the whatever the, the gentleman had said. Right. Do you communicate that to the the team, or are you just moving forward? Um, I would be moving forward, but I'd let them know. Looks like maybe five other people at least. Okay, then we need to be extra careful. Indeed, unless uh, I have to blow some more people's faces up. Yeah, that was cool. That was awful. No, that was awful. <laughs> that was cool. That was awful. <laughs> I don't know. I just, sure. I just, you should get the next one. Odd request. Yes, Your sir. Void thing. Do you think you could travel through walls with that? Um, probably. I mean, I didn't have any trouble putting my arm through solid surfaces, uh, surfaces before, so. Solid. Script, keep that in mind, depending on the obstacles we come across. Sure. And, uh, Stay quiet. I think we're approaching the corridor. And as you say that, you're actually drifting towards what appears to be a open area. Uh, and then as you poke your head out past the threshold, uh, it does appear to be the hangar. There are two individuals talking uh, more towards like the center of the hangar area. And there is that same container from the forward meteor uh, strapped down by straps and uh, chains because you know the lack of gravity uh, it is affixed to the hangar and there are two individuals talking just beside it and then one of them drifts off to the upper corner opposite of you out of harm's way and then there is just uh, what appears to be one individual uh, going about his business in the hangar you do see that there are um in, in addition to that container from the forward meteor, there's also pallets of uh, various ammunition, both, you know, uh, pilot-sized and for mechs. You see that there's plenty of parts, um, the packaged mech parts laying around, as well as uh, two lines of mechs uh, unoccupied. They're strapped down inoperative at this moment um but it does seem to be somewhat kind of of uh of a uh, a depot of some sort that's about what you can get of the situation just poking your head out of the threshold there okay um i guess i would kind of hold the team back again and be like, I would draw a square rectangle and put a thumbs up. And I would put my hands up like, but wait, there's one bad guy we need to choke out. <laughs> and I'll uh, put my hand around my own throat and just keep a number one up. And I'll put number two, and he walked, do the little fucking, you know, two fingers back and forth walking symbol. He walked, and I'll point, you know, through the wall, pointing that direction. And so I just look at, 
Glasgow and be like, what are we doing, bud? He walked away from us, correct? So the second of the two personnel floated up and away from your all's position into an open door and down a hallway uh, on the opposite side of the hangar uh, does not appear to be a current threat. It's it, that, that person has gone. There's just okay. the one person that you all can see. I'm going to look at sugar and, and uh, I kind of put my hand up like a weight. Uh, and then point downward and then hit and do a thumbs up. I, I'm sorry. I, I don't know. What, what do you want me to do? Um, just kind of put both hands up. Just like I can like stop position. Point at the ground where she's standing and then hit another thumbs up. Are we talking? Are we? Are we? Are we just openly talking? <laughs> I'm deliberate. Uh, my assumptions. Oh, yeah, I'm deliberately I'm not talking. Right. Yeah. So you all can talk to each other. Uh, like you, you have a mic system that automatically links for proximity talk or direct line talk. Um, now the, your conversation can only be heard from a very, very short distance away. So it's not like oh, you're talking in the middle of a cavern sense. where you can be like, hello, and then 20 seconds later, it's like, hello. It's not yeah, how it works. Like, I'm going to speak somewhat quietly and reserved. Wait here unless you want to see that again. Oh, okay, yeah, I, I won't move. Okay, I'm going to peek my head around the corner and see if the person is looking away from me. I'm going to grab you, Duncan, real quick by the shoulder and kind of pulled you back for a second. Um, we could, if you're comfortable with trying, Dolora, you could do the weird thing and phase through and get over behind him. She won't see uh, you coming, at least. So clarification for their, my teammates. I can only do that once per scene. So it's my understanding, right, that if we were to enter combat, I wouldn't be able to do that because it'd be wasted. Because it's still the same scene. I think that's not, not wasted. So like it, uh, a scene can uh, encompass both a narrative and combat situation. So uh, now, if we enter combat, I wouldn't be able to do it then. You would not be able to do it again if you had already initiated it, like in this same hangar. Right. Uh, so think of a scene as like in a movie when they do that transition cut and like now they're in a different state or like in a different room or something. That's a different scene. So like right now you all are in narrative play. If you do your ghosty transition uh, into the firmament thing, go through a wall, and you punch somebody in the back of the head, uh, that's all the same scene. Like, you're on the same place. You're still on the nocturne, right. you know? So that's the same scene. Um, but I, I guess, like, my, my point being that... Um, I mean, because isn't this... 
wouldn't this whole mission be considered a scene? On the Nocturne, yes. Okay, yeah. So then if I do it this this once, then that's it, and I can't do it again. Yes, that's right. why I didn't use the hand thing. So My hand ability. Um, okay, so then to script... Uh, I mean, I could... What do you... What do you want me to do exactly? I can. I mean, I can go behind them, but then what? I can't. Yeah, that's. I guess that. Well, I mean, like I'll like slowly do it so it doesn't catch his eye. But you know what I mean. Yeah, sure. Uh, do your roll with advantage. Um, it's the same number. They're both sixes. Hmm. So mm, you... indeed. You, you poke your head out. You're just not quite sure which way he's looking. All shoulders. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to look down. Is there like a box or something in the hallway where we're at? So where you all are currently waiting, you're just trying to see if there's like a a box there in the hallway? Like mm-hmm. a, car- a cargo box? Yep. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to spill the box bear onto the ground into the corridor that he is at, trying to catch his attention. So you all are in a corridor, you all are in a hallway, and the enemy is in an open hangar below you all, about 20 feet, so you're like in an elevated position that has... um, so basically, look at this as a giant capital U, the letter U, right? You all okay. are, are in the back right corner in an elevated position about 20 feet above, no gravity, in a hallway. Yeah, so that's not going to matter because it's going to float up. Okay. Uh, so, well, if you wanted to take the contents of the box and chuck it out towards the middle of the hangar area, um, there could still be be that collective shit floating through the hangar area if that's what you want to do but i just wanted to give you that additional blurb of information uh so that you can understand environmentally what's going on okay and he's the only one down there from what you all can see okay i'm going to grab it and push it in the direction of the individual where we know him to be, hoping it catches his attention to where he might travel towards us. So you are trying to get him to travel in your all's direction by right. floating just some like debris a, past him. Yeah, just like a, why did that just fall? Nothing yeah. like just, super crazy, like... Oh my god, I heard somebody there like, oh, did something fall? I need to go check on that. He's trying to do the thing in, in video games where you flip a coin and then the guard goes, what was that? And walks over there. <laughs> right. So he comes up and snaps his neck, but for some reason doesn't get on the radio and says, I heard something yes, and we're exactly. going to check it out. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so what I want you to do is roll your d20. Um, what 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 do you have to add to that besides grit for that surreptitious action? I don't know if anything really applies here. I don't think so either. 
So just a flat T20 plus grit. Yep, six. Six. Cool. Okay. Cool. So the contents of the box spill out and float towards that general area. And it does eventually make contact with the ground near him. And you see him kind of like jerk his head around in, in basically a what the fuck motion. And uh, he like waves his arm and then puts his hand up to the side of his head. Uh, and he will eventually like look around and identify what was probably the source of the drift. Uh, you know, basically your direction. And uh, you see him looking over on one side of the warehouse and he basically makes an arm motion like, follow me up there. And he is going to push off in your all's direction and start drifting. Okay. I'm going to look at them and say, planned, uh, brace yourselves. Uh, it's two script you take one i'll take the other you held cover sugar if it's more you're ready to fight okay cap so a couple of seconds passed by he does have his weapon drawn uh what appears to be an assault rifle and uh it is how effectively how effectively is he slicing the pie Oh, quite effectively. Okay, cool. It, he is quite adept at this um, non-gravity movement. Um, and for the folks at home that may not know what slicing the pie means, that's where you um, approach a door to the point where your firearm and you would see someone before they would see you, basically. He, he's acting very tactically. Uh, tactically, uh, he's keeping the majority of his body covered at all times towards the point of interest so that he has the minimum amount of risk approaching that danger point, you know, so he, he's approaching with maximum security possible. Uh, but he does eventually get there. He's basically hanging on to the railing just outside of that intersection there. Uh, and he's just going to wait there for a few seconds. It's like three seconds. Five seconds. Seven seconds. He just has his weapon pointed towards that opening where you all are just tucked behind in that little cubby. And then you see a second person come around and whip themselves over the railing and, uh, you know, with one arm brace themselves against the wall there. And also looking down into the hallway, just not quite able to get a good read on you. Um, and then the second personnel... Uh, you see we'll look over just for a second over towards the first. They'll nod their heads, and the secondary personnel will start to drift slowly down the hallway, and he's going to flick on a flashlight, which illuminates all the way down the hallway. So Do you all while, want to go ahead and roll? Get, give me just a second. Do you all want to roll for stealth to try and hide, or do you just want to uh, go in balls deep? Okay, so during that time frame, which I would assume <laughs> took them a minute or two, correct? About 10 seconds. About 10 seconds. I'm going to quickly look at um, Dolores or Sugar and say, got a flashbang? 
I don't look at script. Not here. Fight or flight. I'm gonna try to hide. Okay, let's try to hide, I guess. All right. So do you want to do a collective role or an individual role like we had discussed before? Let's do individual this time. I think individual is a little bit more realistic. Okay. So, uh, right. So go ahead and do your flat T20 roll plus your grit and then talk me through, uh, which skill triggers you're wanting to apply. Uh, let's do Delora first. Okay. Um, that's 19 on the die for a total of 21 with my grit. And honestly, I don't have anything, um, else to add yeah but honestly you're gonna succeed so don't worry about it <laughs> let's go ahead and move over to draxus so draxus has a 15 with all his bonuses um probably a little a little um late on the jump realizing that we're all hiding but kind of like scooby-doo moment where all of a sudden like i'm gonna hide in here i'm like ah Delora's already in there. I'll go over here. And then like, I get pushed out by Glasgow. I'll be like, ah, okay. And um, hmm. uh, I guess if there is a break in one of these, um, in this corridor, if, I, I don't know if this is the same corridor that other guy uh, met his fate, uh, but if there's any damage, I guess I'll kind of take myself outside of the... Um, you know, if there's a hole, I'll, I'll kind of just slip outside, but still hold on to the frame of the ship. Oh, so like literally outside of the Nocturne? Yes. If if there is a hole, that that's that would be my preference to um to be able to just kind of grab the edge and lean out and just hang out right there. Yeah, there is. So you're able to do that. What bonuses were you wanting to apply to that? Uh, I, I was using to act unseen or unheard. Um, I can get there even faster if I use get somewhere quickly, but just the... I think with what you rolled and the uh, act unseen or unheard, that's completely appropriate, and you do succeed. Now, Glasgow. Is there a... Uh, at the end of the hallway, is there like a nook that I could hide for, in front of that... Would I would be able to brace and attempt to attack them quickly, or do I? Is there just a close by cover? There is a little nook that you can try and hide yourself within. That's the only reason you're able to do a stealth roll in the first place. Okay, so we will do that, and all, all I got is get somewhere quickly and pilot grit. Well, if that's get somewhere quickly and without complications, that that's not stealthy. Yeah, I mean, uh, but I don't need to be stealth at this point to get there. The stealth would be whenever I got there. So, so is this I'm operating stealth? off of the rolling? assumption that you're already in that little cubby hole. Oh, okay. Because you all had been operating stealthily up until this point. Okay. So we're basically I... trying to determine how stealthy you are against these NPCs' observation. Okay, I got a 15 on the die plus my grid is 17. 
I don't have anything Fuck, else. Fucking nailed it, everybody. So, as these two personnel are pieing the wall and the secondary starts to drift down the hallway slowly, it seems that he is trying to keep his eye farther and farther down the hall and he will glance quickly off to the left uh, because he knows that that opening is there and script you just barely managed to get your leg out of the way before you see that uh, the, the light from his flashlight shine through the porthole which would have you know basically shown him that a leg was hanging out across the window and he was oh shit you just barely managed to get out of the way. And he continues to drift and drift and drift. And the primary, the one that he had seen by the container, he is still sitting on the wall watching his buddy's back. And then a few seconds go by. One, three seconds, five seconds. And now that his secondary is a little bit down the hallway, he will go around and drift a little bit slower and follow him down the hall. And Delora and Glasgow come within inches of this guy. He drifts right past the pillar where Glasgow has somehow managed to hide all of his rippling muscles behind this archway. And he just goes steady, focused on his teammate. And they both drift eventually out of sight. So as the second one, um, all right, so are they headed towards the last guy? No. So they are basically going across the top of what would be a capital T, and you neutralized that initial enemy. That would be the bottom section of the capital T. So they okay. are going long ways down the hallway, not in danger of discovering that individual. Okay, then, then never mind. Okay, so what's the plan? Uh, we'll look at them and say, let's fucking move. Agreed. I'll follow. So you all are going towards the hangar? I assume so, because that's where we were told we would probably, or at least most likely, find the container, or the, yes. the stuff. I think that's a, a good guess. Okay, I just want to make sure everybody was on the same page. Everybody's going to try and recover the contents of the container? Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay, excellent. You do see that it is chained down uh, as you drift down towards the, uh, the main platform. It seems otherwise desolate. You don't see any other bodies uh, and any other personnel in the area, at least for the moment. Script, because of your initial patch into that uh, that that first enemy's Omninet, you do see that there's some chatter going on, but again, there's not that many personnel on the ship. They're basically just going to investigate further down that section of the ship that they are currently clearing. You know that you have at least a minute or two before they get back, but you do identify the container that was taken off of the forward meteor. Uh, the jetpacks and stuff have been stripped off of it and it is currently chained down and the door does seem to be somewhat ajar. Okay. Uh, question? 
if yes. we can if we can see the container now um is this because i don't recall that she said so is this the same container that was previously taken this is the you know as delora without anybody else's information or insight that this is the same container from the ford meteor you're confident that this is what you are here to retrieve okay but i guess all right i just wanted to make sure if i recognized it, it it's the not. same container got you okay Okay. Tristan. Uh, I guess this is what we're here to get. Yeah, I think it is. And um, well, I, I guess we won't talk about this now. But I have some thoughts on this later. And um, is there anyone? Is there anyone about? You do not currently see any other personnel. Uh, at least among the hangar. Do you want to roll a check with script, uh, like to investigate or something to see uh, if you can get a more accurate read on when personnel will return? Or can I add spot to it? Mm, let me look at your profile real quick. Yeah, so if you're going to use spot, I would say that is a individual role. But yeah, absolutely. All right. That's a nat 20. Holy oh, shit. I know. So from the time that you had actually hovered down towards the main landing bay, you did a very uh, swift but thorough scan of the area. And you are absolutely 100% confident that there is nobody else in this hangar right now. Okay. Um, uh, I don't want to... Oh, well, and, and, sorry, and you know, because it was a nat 20, I'll go ahead and say if Grypt wants to check his Omnipad again for the positioning of those other personnel, I will give advantage on that roll. Because you're absolutely confident that any personnel are not in here. You know that the remainders are about the ship. Uh, do you want to do a follow-up role, Script? You know, I'd love to DM. Um, and the advantage was really nice. But you, you won't believe it. I've rolled the same thing again. Twice? Uh, yes. Uh, this time, uh, they are... You die, two, They are two tens. Oh... Um, without using any grit or anything else, investigate, hack, or fix, you know, anything like that. So, uh, Use your investigate, because you've already gained entry to their system once from the de sure. now deceased uh, security personnel. Uh, so go ahead and add your investigate to that. Uh, it's a 16, then. 16. So... You do know that they have wrapped up their rounds and they are about to regroup here in the next minute or two minutes to uh, to, to regroup and uh, get a plan. So from the chatter that you're able to hear over the, the, uh, the radio there, yeah, you, you do know that time is running out. And basically from this hangar there, you've got the container sitting in basically the middle of the hangar 
and the cargo bay door is open to open space. Uh, so how do you all go about retrieving that cargo if that's what you're most concerned with? I'm going to look at script and be like, uh, can you make sure it's not trapped at all? Set off any alarms? Again, the door is slightly ajar on the cargo container. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm, uh, yeah, and I would, I would let, I would let you guys know, hey, we have like a minute and a half max. We got to move now. Okay. Well, let's get it and go. Yep. Step inside. So we go inside of it. Okay, so the two of you, uh, at, at a minimum, go inside, and you do see that there is basically a stack of wooden pallets there, and then on top of that, strapped down, secured very tightly, is basically a box the size of a large suitcase, uh, which has on the top of it a radioactive symbol, you know, like danger, uh, but actually, the entire contents of this container, uh, that all of the actual physical contents fit within a large suitcase. Uh, so once you all cut the straps, this is something that you all could run out with just as pilots. Okay. Well, I'm going to cut the straps and grab it. Okay, so you go ahead and do that, and the package drifts lazily a few inches off of the top of the pallets, uh, but you're able to grab the handle, and uh, you have it with you. Okay, I'm going to look at script and say, which, it, uh, which direction? Out. Okay, and lead the way. I'll take them back out of the hole that I was hiding out of. And then I'm uh I'm going to use my uh my arm to crack the door about the general way it was cracked before. So you're trying to be uh you're trying to set the scene so like you were never there. Exactly, yes. Okay. Go ahead and give me a roll. Uh, what can I add to that besides grit? Let's see. Probably just grit. It's a seven. I don't think I made a very good scene. Yeah, so as you all are are drifting out, you uh, as you are going past the doors, you do take a moment and you're like, oh, we should try to make that look like we weren't there. And then you just kind of like use your hand and you try and flick it, you know, like absentmindedly yeah. as you're drifting out. And he's like, oh, that'll look like it's still closed. Yeah. And you all continue to drift out. So you all are exiting the large open hangar bay door, or what's sure. the plan? Well, uh, um, no, I was just, I was going to leave them out of the hole in particular, but uh, if Laura, you have best something better. Well, uh, no, I don't. So, so where are you all planning to meet up with your captain of the stealth corvette? In free space. 
Well, uh, since we have what we came for, I assume, how, I mean, we were told that if we retrieve this stuff, it would help um, with extraction. So what, I mean, can we use whatever it is to help us get to the Corvette? I mean, we have... Not uh, yeah, that, not that the package itself would help you with extraction, just that they were giving you a stealth Corvette. Oh. To get I you totally in and out. I misunderstood. Okay. So Come you on. all went in from basically the middle side of the ship. You all are at the back in the cargo bay with an right. open door. Uh, you have a couple of options. What is the exit plan? And the the talk uh, the, the the clock is ticking. I suppose my question uh, was I, and for DM for clarification, was Deluge not um, on that Corvette and and operating it? He is on the car uh, on the Corvette. He is the pilot. He is waiting. He is on standby. Then uh, I would be leading you guys out to literally open space out of the hole that I, I had hid in or any accompanying close hole. Let's just float into deep space. I just tell the stealth Corvette to pick us up. They open the airlock and we slowly drift in there. You know, 20 seconds. That, uh, I'm good with it. Fine. It seems pretty dumb, but I trust you. Uh, I would I would wait until everyone gets outside together and I would like hold hands and just kind of one, two, three push off of the ship in a direction that is not the space uh the, the gas giant. giant. Woo! <laughs> <Not to worry>. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't want to shut yes. yourself. Thanks for thanks for clarifying that. <laughs> you don't want to vaporize on re-entry. Yeah, I got no, it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have an Omni-Net with me, and so even if I go, hey, I'm ready for pickup, and the enemy, you know, here's a stray transmission, at that point in time, there's a Corvette already coming our way. Well, you know, gone. That's my hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you all push off of the back end of the nocturne and you drift ominously quietly into empty space. You luckily drift past one, two, a little bit lazily past the third asteroid in that belt. And then eventually you're in open space. You know that you sent that message out to Delu Solomon. You know that he's on his way. And in the meantime, you were just desperately clutched onto each other and the package. And as you're rotating, you each occasionally get a beautiful glance at the asteroid belt, the ship that is shrinking and shri shrinking as you drift away, uh, but mostly the gas giant, Gian's well. And it it's a good 20 25 minutes as you drift away in silence before the Corvette piloted by Daily Solomon uh, drops its stealth shield, opens its bay, and you land safely within.